Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? Hey, everybody, just a reminder that you can always donate money at our Patreon account, patreon.com backslash HMN podcast, where you can get some cool little swag and stuff. I can tell you right now that I'm starting to package up some of the stuff for the $25 and higher bidders. So if you want to get a package of random horror shit, then you should make sure that you go over there and donate as quickly as possible, because those are going out in the beginning of April. Uh, And now let's talk about a really bad movie. up your converse and let's go get some ice cream because we're going to be seeing who's the last person to get to the playground today while we discuss ice cream man from 1995 starring clint howard oh jesus christ and we're joined by a special guest chris fafios of punchline and the men in their 30s only podcast chris i am so sorry that we made you watch this movie it's okay man it was uh it was a challenging watch but you know i'm a big uh Growing up, I watched a lot of USA Up all night and <laughs> whatever. Uh, I'm I'm kind of used to this. This was especially bad, though. I have to say, this was this was a special kind of bad. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of issues with this movie right out the gate. Um, there's the movie starts off with an ice cream man just getting gunned down for no explanation whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, well, I think that it was gang related. That was what I took from that. Yeah, I mean, they tell us something along those lines eventually, but and then we get the Oh, zero. wait, does that <clears throat> that's only for the people that watch this movie at 1x? <laughs> <laughs> um, was, was that related to the ice cream gang wars where one <laughs> went in on another one's turf and that's what happened there? 
Yeah, maybe, team, yeah. team chocolate I, versus I, vanilla. You're asking the absolute wrong person because <laughs> the dialogue in this movie does. I mean, I I I did watch this movie completely, but I did not pay any attention to what they were saying after the after I realized that the quote unquote fat kid was just a skinny kid with a pillow under his shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I thought that. Yeah, tuna. Tuna, tuna. had uh, had about ten shirts on. <laughs> yeah. Dude, so tuna. I mean, it's fine. It's just. What is wrong with this town? <laughs> like, yeah. this whole town is insane. So, like, an ice cream man gets gunned down in, like, the 50s, I guess it is, and there's a little boy, and he just sits there and is saddened that no one will deliver the ice cream anymore. But no, no, no. Uh, he sits there, like, eating <laughs> his his push-up pop. Now, wait, let me – I haven't even opened my goddamn notes. You're just steamrolling through here. Um, the – I love that as soon as I see the black and white, because, of course, it's the black and white, you know, and it's not like it would have been the 70s, because that would have made more sense that he was, you know, like seven in the 70s, and then is an adult Clint Howard with awful hair in the, the early 90s, because this movie was, what, 95? 95, I believe it was shot in, like, 92, 93, and sat on a shelf for a while. It should have stayed there. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you know who wrote this movie? Because this blew my mind. I do. <laughs> it's. <laughs> I, I researched that. Yeah. I, yeah, the guy, the guy who wrote the Wedding Crashers. Yeah, this was the first film from the guy who wrote Wedding Crashers and Fred Claus. Well, he's a fucking awful writer anyway, <laughs> obviously. So. I'm not surprised. And that the, doesn't blow my mind at all. And the director had only directed porn up until and after this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so this is kind of just like dairy porn. Yeah. The, did you say dairy porn? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, so I, when I'm watching the black and white, I got my notes going while you were telling me that this guy only did porn. Um, so... Greg just Gregory is just wanted a push pop. He didn't get a push pop, you know. Yeah, a push up, and I'm like that shit reminds me of those orange Flintstones push pops that I had when I was the same age in the '90s when this movie came out. And then when it's present day, the kid asks for an orange push pop. Like, yes, vindication. So I pretty much went on autopilot after that. <laughs> Everyone loved the orange ones, but I swear to God, there was a there was Pebbles, which was strawberry flavored, and that was way better. But no one ever talks about it. I don't think that that had a national rollout. That must have been local. That or it's just another piece of the Mandela effect. <laughs> Cause, uh, yeah. Cause I in the darkest timeline right now. Well, I swore that there was already an Ice Cream Man sequel. Like, I feel like I vividly remember seeing the cover for it. But apparently the closest there ever came to a sequel for this movie was a failed Kickstarter attempt that only got 4000 of the $300,000 <laughs> goal that it won it. <laughs> for a sequel to this. Yeah, I have a question. I, I saw the budget for this movie was $2 million. Where did that, where did that $2 million go? For because that all the saw, t-shirts the tuna war. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, this <laughs> the production value on this, it, I, I don't know where they spent that $2 million. I mean, it's not on the cast. It's not on <laughs> I don't locations know, man. or even... Props. They got hundred thousand gallons of melted, shitty-looking ice. (laughs) (laughs) This movie is the like. What grossed me out the most about this movie was not the the like one pint of blood they used the entire fucking movie. It was the fact that all the ice cream looked like it was going bad. (laughs) 
Dude, who, so, would you buy ice cream from this guy, like, no matter how oh. hungry you were? Like, I guess that it's supposed to be implying that kids don't give a shit, and they're like, they just want ice cream. But it really, my suspension of disbelief was just teetering on the edge of oblivion the entire time. <laughs> Dude, the second he pulled that push pop away from me, I would have been like, just keep it and the money. Uh, do you guys think that the profession of ice cream man is just a little bit creepy to begin with? Absolutely. I think it's yeah. it's a pretty strange thing that still exists. Yeah. I was thinking about that. That's I, like I don't at, know. At the most, that is like high school senior looking to make money. At the worst, it's like side job that you do in your spare time. But like full time well, ice no, no, cream no. man career is <laughs> beyond disturbing. <laughs> Well, okay, so let's unpack that just a little bit. First of all, Clint Howard needed a mustache for this because if you're a ice cream man, you have to have a shitty mustache. Uh, secondly, you're right. It's not enough money, but also he pays his his landlady, who is also a beautiful woman playing an old woman, and they didn't even put any makeup on her, but they had her have a British accent because that somehow makes sense. They, but So he pays for an ice cream. Uh, which I'm, I don't know exactly how that works. But also, she was complicit in his torture that kind of cemented him into this demented killer, right? Like, she was the nurse at the the insane asylum that he was at for 20 which, years. Which, we'll get back to that insane asylum because... <laughs> the, oh, no, 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 no. There's I don't so many questions. Yeah. Uh, and I have a lot of answers for why you like it. All right? Um, starting and ending with... Psychotic Symphony. Absolutely. Uh, I actually have a note that says this reminds me of the Psychotic Symphony sequence in Bad Channels. But uh, so I have. No, no, no. no. I'm I'm not done talking about this yet. (laughs) So why would you let a kid who went to an insane asylum like this nurse is is the worst person in this movie, right? (laughs) Like she she lets him out of the insane asylum. When you go to the insane asylum, you see that they didn't do anything. They just made people crazier, and she was complicit, so maybe she's crazy too. But she lets him live there. He kills her dog, I guess, and I don't know how long he's been the ice cream man. I'm guessing it's like maybe a month before this happens because he was, he's was he got a really short fuse here. But, but she like knows that he's triggered by ice cream men. She knows that he's an ice cream man now. And also, if he's got really lax sanitation sanitary law like rules for himself you know he's like got cockroaches walking i don't know why cockroaches would even want to be anywhere near ice cream but he's got cockroaches walking on blood everywhere rats and and nobody's getting sick off the ice cream man's ice cream that he makes himself and somehow he liquefies people into it i don't oh jesus christ this fucking movie (laughs) uh so this movie also the so there's the same asylum sequences but they also as much as they remind me of Psychotic Symphony, they also remind me of a bunch of the nightmare sequences from Pee-wee's Big Adventure, <laughs> like where like the yeah. clowns are like saving the bicycle and like rebuilding it. This movie Which is nightmare fuel for a little kid. Oh, absolutely! This movie is nuts, but you know, not every day can be a happy, happy day. There's one quote that I wrote down from this movie, and I don't know why, but. It's a shining example of the terrible dialogue in this movie, which is early on when the kids are trying to get the ice cream, and I believe it's Tuna that just goes, peanuts give me gas. And he just <laughs> says it like, very matter-of-factly, and it's like, all right, that's the extended hey, comedy for this. <laughs> I, I, I have so many quotes that I wrote down from this movie <laughs> that uh, 
I, I can I can list a few of them off for you real quick if you guys are yeah, interested. Yeah, take um, us down memory lane. <laughs> um, one one of them is there's there's the uh, asshole wannabe cop brother. Who, <laughs> you know who I'm talking about? Oh yeah, he is such a dick. He like goes off for forever on the uh, on, Tuna. on Tuna's name. Yeah. But isn't his brother's name fucking Racer? <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> they sound um, like nicknames for kids from Rocket Power, which is great because their nickname is the Rocketeers. But, uh, yeah, and that's the worst name for – it's not a cool, quote-unquote, kids club name at all. No. Um, the, the, uh, the two quotes that I have written from that guy are – this is at the end, the end of the dinner table scene is the mother tells him that he has to take Racer to the movies. And the, it ends the scene by going, this is great. I'm definitely not going to a G film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the other one – much later, much later in the movie, uh, that guy has Janet. I got the gun. The badge will follow. <laughs> oh my God. If you just wrote down quotes from that dude, you made this episode because he's the best part of the movie because he's terrible. <laughs> and, and he also somehow becomes the hero kind of in the end or, or sort of. I guess it's really hard to, to place who's what in this movie. There's no hero in this movie. <laughs> Yeah. You know, he acts a hero for about five minutes, and then that comes to an end pretty fucking quick for him. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, but, um, hey, and, and the whole, like, mental institution, all the people with lobotomies, that was such a tangent from the movie. And then all those people were loose, and then you never heard anything about them again. And they weren't really that threatening. Yeah, right? like, yeah, like I, one of my notes just says, like, I'm at the point in the sane asylum and I can't stop yelling at my TV, what is happening? Because yeah. like, it just seems, it seems like two, this, this movie reminded me of two very different episodes of uh, Tales from the Crypt just kind of smashed together. And, like, the one was that it reminded me of there's an Ice Cream Man episode where it turns out the Ice Cream Man is, like, a weird Siamese twin brother and their, like, truck is a complete disaster inside. But the other one is there's one where uh, John Lovitz wants to star in Hamlet. And uh, at the end, he realizes that he didn't get cast as Hamlet. He got cast as the skull that Hamlet holds and finds out that he's actually in a sane asylum where all of the inmates have taken over the asylum and want to put on a play. (laughs) It's like... Man, this movie just feels like it pulled from some really obscure Tales from the Crypt episodes and threw Clint Howard and somehow got David Warner to agree to be in the movie and then called it a day. I mean, was Clint Howard really doing much else in 93 when they made this movie? According to IMDb, this was his first starring role since Evil Speaks. Holy shit! (laughs) So no. He went almost a whole lifetime before. (laughs) Yeah, because Evil Speak was 81. (laughs) Like... Jesus Christ! <laughs> I, I just want to believe that he was out there impregnating tons of women. <laughs> I'm Clint Howard's brother. <laughs> this is like his pickup line. No, I'm Ron Howard's brother. Oh yeah, whatever. He's dumb. Jesus Christ, Matt. He also listen. Clint Howard's also the reason why MTV no longer has the uh, the Lifetime Achievement Award. So. <laughs> I think I've told that story before on here. Story. Okay, so once again, MTV Movie Awards used to do a Lifetime Achievement Award, and uh, it used to go to, like, Chewbacca and all these other ridiculous things. And one year they thought it'd be funny to give it to Clint Howard, but they only referred to him as that guy from those movies. 
And uh, Clint Howard came up on stage and accepted the award and gave a really sincere speech, and it was such an awkward moment <laughs> that they no longer do the award. <laughs> oh, Jeez. they're like, oh, wow, this this really got unfunny quick, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and just oh, like man. that story, I thought that it was going to have a great punchline. It was just depressing. No. Yeah. Why would you invite him to accept the award? Or at least, like... <laughs> like I don't know. Uh, that part I don't understand. So there are a few things that I actually enjoyed in this movie, but they all happen towards the very end. Uh, I love the head on an oversized cone, which I distinctly remember being the main picture on the back of the DVD box. Yeah. 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 And uh, I like the decapitated head hand puppets that he creates. Those are the best. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Um, I actually did write down one quote from this movie, which this movie just made me kind of shake my head like you're watching your – your dumb friend do dumb shit, and you're just like, I can't believe that they're doing this in public, kind of thing. Uh, until Clint Howard is holding the two heads on sticks, and he saw. I mean, uh, I, I don't even remember who those characters were. They were police, I guess, of some sort. I don't, I don't know. Truly, this movie is jaw droppingly confusing. It, but he somehow rigged it so that their jaws move when he, like, you know, uses the the, the trigger at the base of the sticks and he's making them talk to him and each other. And it's just really bad, shitty shtick. And, and then he's like, um, I'm, I'm really about ready to be done with this fucking movie. It's got like 10 minutes left and I'm just not having a good time. And then he, they, the two heads make jokes to each other. And then Clint Howard just goes deadpan straight face. and goes, shut up. You're not funny. And I laughed out loud. so hard. <laughs> It, it it's was so fourth wall break. It's it's right up there with the uh, the really weird dinner sequence in a uh, tourist trap where he's just having dinner with himself. <laughs> want more crackers? No, I want yes. more crackers. <laughs> um, um, we're missing what is so. This movie was pretty like tame, except for um, the part where I guess it was last week's episode we were talking about in Rawhead Rex how the 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 wife of the protagonist. Uh, the, the photographer is just so horny all the time. <laughs> the problem with the lawnmower man, where the, all these women are just like walking, waiting for someone, anyone, to just throw them the D. It's not real life at all. Um, and and so there's this one woman in this who is a. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't even place who she's like the Walmart version of. It's like I don't know. She's like this crazy blonde woman, and she goes up to the goes up to the, the ice cream truck and she's wearing like negligee. Uh, it's the middle of the afternoon. She's surrounded by 12 year olds and she's <laughs> like, why don't you bring me some hard tack to my house? Here's the address. <laughs> and Clint Howard's like, hey, hey, no thanks. And she's like, here's my address. Really come over and fuck the shit out of me. And so, um, so he comes over and brings her the head of her boyfriend, I guess. Uh, but then he liquefies her. And the only thing left is her gigantic hoop earrings and her diaphragm. Which really <laughs> grossed me out so hard. I don't know Is that why. What that was? That's a diaphragm. Yeah. I actually went to the IMDb threads to confirm that that exactly was what I expected it to be. It's such a 1992 joke because, <laughs> like, diaphragms were easier than birth control, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I mean, birth control pills. It was easier to procure them in 1992, I guess, or 93 when this movie was filmed. But. Uh, yeah, I have a note on that that says, does the sexy lady want to fuck the ice cream man? She Why? Does. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> it, again, it's dairy porn. Like, the guy who wrote the, or directed this movie was like, women, women want to fuck the milkman, right? This is close enough to a milkman, <laughs> I guess. It, 
it makes it's sense good. when it's when porn logic. He's a porn director. Yeah, it absolutely yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So are you trying to say that, that ice cream men aren't the modern day milkmen? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Hey, hey guys, I, I have a question for you too. I, it seems like. Like Matt said, there were two plots. You have the ice cream man thing. Then you have like the whole bigger uh, conspiracy of the whole mental institution. But there was also a third point that I don't know if you guys noticed, like a third mini movie within this movie was that the little girl, I forget her name, but her dad was a preacher in a church. Yes. Oh, yeah. And her mom's possessed. (laughs) Yeah. And her mom's like the the archangel Gabriel was speaking through your mother again. (laughs) It's one of the quotes Ooh. I wrote down. Like, why that that is only touched upon? Why is that in the movie? Why is that part of the movie? What, what never... is happening in in this fucking town that they <laughs> let an insane asylum just go into disrepair and and let the people run it and don't give a shit that people like, who's are being those people? Probably who's Clint Howard. Oh my god, they're living off ice cream. <laughs> He's just you think swinging by. That thing where you go crazy from eating human flesh from like uh, that like what we are what we are movie. Do you guys remember that? Oh yeah, yeah it's uh, it's it's uh, Crestfield Jacob. But no, that's only that's uh, that's a prion disease that um, that it affects your motor skills. It wouldn't just make you fucking crazy. I mean, I know that we're really stretching the reality of what could possibly be happening in this film just for laughs. But no, it's not Crestfield Jacob. So, okay, um, a couple things that I want to get to before, I mean, these are totally out of order because we're just, just, we're hopscotching around this movie. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so there's also a point where I just am flabbergasted by, I guess it's the, the prop department because <sighs> it makes me wonder if this is all in the ice cream man's head because his daisies are they're they're gigantic flowers. They're made out of like I thought that they were metal flowers, and and that his landlady, who is his nurse, is just humoring him by being like, "Oh, I love. How did you get your your flowers to grow so big?" And he would I don't know. He, she was like, "Will you plant some for me?" I thought she was just humoring him the first their first interaction because I was like, "Oh, he's crazy and doesn't realize that those are just made out of metal." But then one of the police guys come up to him. Later on, they come to him. Oh, it's when they're trashing his... When you actually see that he's making the ice cream, which is just confusing as hell, because I would not expect that anybody from an insane asylum would be able to actually make good ice cream, good, make any food that would be attractive at all. So, to eat, rather. Uh, so they, they come and they trash his, his um, ice cream setup for no reason. And then they're standing outside, and Clint Howard's supposed to be, like, seething because they just ruined his livelihood. And the one cop's like, "Those are how'd you get those uh, flowers to grow so big? And he's like, I fertilized them with the bodies of stupid cops or something like that. And I'm like, wait, so everybody thinks that those metal flowers are real flowers with faces about like 18 inches in diameter. That doesn't make, <laughs> that's another, that's another. Uh, hey, I, so, I, wrote, I wrote down that quote for you. Uh, and then what the cops say when they get into the car, it's it's he says, I chop up policemen and use them as fertilizer. And then 10 seconds later, the cops get in the car and say, you know, there's something weird going on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but is that the same cop that earl- earlier on um, 
gets the eyeball in his rocky road, and um, Ice Cream Man is like, so... Uh, yes, that was... Doing this? There's that a line, was... though. There's, that, that's a pretty gross part, but there's a line that I really wanted to mention. Uh, <laughs> the uh, Ice Cream Man goes, so can you tell me anything about the case? And he goes, that's classified, Ice Cream Man. It's classified. And he just walks off and eats his, eats his rocky road, but... The screenplay is so bad. It's just yeah. so bad. Yeah, this yeah, is not a good movie. This is not even remotely a good movie. And I, I let me double check, but I'm pretty sure this was recommended to us by somebody. Yeah, uh, somebody picked. Hey, can, can I talk about a scene in this movie that was just, it, it was the, the scene that blew my mind the most? Sure. Uh, there, Tuna is being chased by the ice cream man through a grocery <laughs> store. Yeah. A grocery store full of adults shopping. For some reason, Tuna, through this entire chase scene, never makes even a peep. Never even yells, hey, there's a guy chasing me. He's just completely silent uh, through this entire packed grocery store where a crazy guy is chasing him through it. I thought that was uh, a little strange, I guess. But in this movie, I guess that's not really that strange. So Chris, well, why does nobody kids, think it's weird? <laughs> if these kids had an ounce of self-preservation, they would never have gone near this fucking ice cream man in the first place. Yeah. Especially when he's like, hey, I'll give you some free ice cream. There's nothing then, creepy about that. And then that. why is that one kid, the one nerdy kid, like, hangs out with him and and doesn't, like, run away and he's got this weird... Small Paul! Syndrome. Yeah, he's talking about Small Paul. Yeah, yeah, everybody's got a nickname in this fucking he's, movie. He's getting brainwashed by, by Clint Howard's charm. <laughs> the overwhelming charm. Said no man. one ever. Jesus Christ. Glenn Howard is the least charming, <laughs> least charismatic person we've ever watched. I mean, I love the guy because he's so oblivious to like reality, but th- that just doesn't make any sense that, that this nerdy kid, uh, you know, the kid that um, in, in Home Alone, is it the same kid from Home Alone who um, like drinks the Pepsi and is going to piss the bed? Uh, I don't think. No, this kid, I looked him up. This kid, uh, was only he was in six six films. They were all around this same year, and this was like the next to last one. He was in no JoJo something in his name. No, it's not him. <laughs> uh, so Scott, it looks like this may have been your fault that we watched this movie. As I'm reading over this email, uh... the email was called Flashpoint Paradox, and it says, "In what world did that look like anime? Sure, it's animated, but comparing this to literally any Japanese anime." You're completely wrong. Flashpoint Paradox is a good movie, but I'm not throwing at the mouth being pissed off about it. I just think your comparisons are flawed. Anyway, as a punishment, you have to watch a movie, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this pick. It's something that I watched last night, and I'm sure you'll have plenty to talk about it. Clint Howard stars in it. It's a little film called The Ice Cream Man. It's on YouTube. Have fun. <laughs> yeah, um, I remember that discussion, and I remember when we got that. Um, I stand by my assertion that Flashpoint uh i guess it's called flashpoint paradox the animated movie is the all the character it's not an anime and i never said it was an anime i said that it the the cartoon style everybody's face looks like an anime character and and i didn't like it because i don't like anime i didn't i mean besides the fact that it was a garbage darkest timeline uh, I mean, I understand that Flashpoint Paradox is supposed to be a Darkest Timeline thing, but it was just really not that great. And so I stand by that assertion. 
I am also totally fine with watching the Ice Cream Man. I never complained about that guy or gal uh, suggesting we watch this because I knew it was going to be crap, but I enjoy bad horror. Like, I... <laughs> Uh, so I have one more note, and I'm going to direct it to Chris. Because Chris, as uh, some of our listeners may know and some may not know, you are a musician. Uh, it's probably the longest career that you've had is mus- musician. Uh, how did you feel about the music in this movie? Because, frankly, I thought it sounded like the shitty music in the fight scene in Princess Bride the entire time. Yeah, yeah, it was just... It- it was there was no effort put into the music, but like that chase scene's a perfect example. It was like stock. I think I had a stock music CD with that song on it. Uh, yeah, there there was just no. I don't. That's what I'm saying. Where did this two million dollars go? <laughs> I don't understand what they spent. They didn't spend it on the cast. They didn't spend it on the writers. I mean, was, maybe these people were just buying mad drugs, making it like of one point. They were. million went to cocaine in 95 and and I don't think it would have been cocaine in 95 I think the cocaine was passe in in the 90s early 90s I think that what drug were you on when you're writing this I don't I mean I don't know I I I really this movie is so disoriented that I'm wondering if they were on shrooms yeah but shrooms aren't expensive yeah but this guy comes from porn so I think it may have been coke yeah I think it may have the, yeah, the movie was an afterthought. The movie was an afterthought for sure, uh, for whatever was going on at the time. I, dude, I have so many more notes about this movie. I don't mean to like. Uh, there, there's yeah, the dialogue, the writer. The, I mean, I guess Wedding Crashers was an all right movie, wasn't it? I don't really remember it that well, but it was. <laughs> it was I fucking hated it. Okay, yeah, I'm not a big Vince Vaughn fan or whatever, but I mean, there were <laughs> there were so many lo- like, uh, for example. Uh, I want to talk about the ice cream man himself, like the character, how it's just a mess because, you know, you could have him be this guy who was lobotomized. So he's like kind of clueless as to what's going on. And he's real dark. That would have been the way to go. But instead, he he is part that. But he's also part like really passive aggressive and like uh, and like some like the I chop up policemen and use them as fertilizer line uh the um oh what is it hold on a second i got it oh you little turds are gonna have to learn that you can't run from the ice cream man like (laughs) this guy should be like a subtle kind of scary but he's just he's just just, confused like i feel like he shouldn't even realize what he's doing is wrong but he seems to like be well aware that he's fucking nuts yeah um, uh, the, the one thing I, I, as far as quotes go, uh, you know, what the quote, the quote of the movie is right. Uh, which throughout the entire movie, they try to really put this Pied Piper kind of idea in. And that's such a stretch <laughs> that, that, this movie, <laughs> that this movie has any kind of parallel to the Pied Piper. Like you have the creepy, like obvious guy at the beginning, the old guy at the park who's cleaning up trash, who's really like overdoing it with the foreshadowing and the Pied Piper and everything. They keep trying to bring that back, but then in the yeah, end... Sucked. Yeah, it, it's such a stretch, but in the end when uh, the Ice Cream Man falls into the machine and uh, Small Paul says, who's the Pied Piper now, Ice Cream Dick? <laughs> I thought that, that, was actually, that was actually the best part of the movie, I thought, was that they, uh, they busted that out. I, I don't know. You know what I just realized? This is the shittiest Monster Squad ripoff ever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And no, Stand it's... By Me. 
and stand because the payoff line and stand by me is uh uh what suck my fat one you cheap dime store hood and this was <laughs> who's the pied piper now ice cream dick <laughs> my, my favorite thing about that opening scene though is like these kids are palling around. They're they're just hanging out of the playground, making fun of Tuna because he can never get to the park quick enough. So he's always the last one there, and uh, they're just sharing stories about the Pied Piper because Small Paul's just fucking reading that book. And then this creepy old man's just like, and then he killed the children. And like, I don't think that's how it happened. He's like, well, that's how I remember it. And they just like just play it off like this is like a normal thing that happens every time they go to the park is the crazy guy picking up trash just tries to tell them that children die. Like, uh, well, they've uh, got to be used to it at this point. This town is full of insane people. <laughs> like Everyone's unfazed by every crazy moment that happens. Yeah. It's just, uh, um, so I guess I guess the takeaway I don't know if we're if we're hopping to the end, but the takeaway is that Small Paul will now carry on the legacy of the Ice Cream Man. If there had been a sequel, is that the yeah is that the, the idea? I'm guessing Clint Howard was signed on to be in the sequel, which they I don't know. just gotten the fucking kid. Yeah, well the the name Sid, you want to know what the proposed name for the sequel was? Because it's pretty great. It was uh, Ice Cream Man Two Sunday Bloody Sunday. <laughs> which is no. that's some good shit no. right there <laughs> get the fuck out <laughs> um. put down that smartphone and listen to me I'm Matthew Milligan professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan each week I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of Tacky and White and Nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? So the Ice Cream Man 2 Kickstarter was clearly a massive uh, no-go, no but you guys at Punchline actually have a Kickstarter going that I think has a lot of potential, and I'm excited for it. Uh, Punchline's been probably one of my favorite bands uh, for the last like 15, 20 years. So Thanks, man. The idea that you guys are going to be uh, trying to do a Netflix special is really kind of cool. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, I've always been like really, I don't know what the word is. I, I, I didn't know if it was cool to try to do like a crowdfunding type thing. I always like kind of shied away from it didn't know if it was cool but now the way things are with music everyone streams music and that's cool because i do it too uh you don't have as much of the um you know you can play shows to to make money and sell t-shirts and stuff but back in the day we used to be able to like play a show and walk around and sell cds and really try to like work it in that way but you know things are a little bit different so to try to do a really nice music special that's part live uh, part a live performance and part uh, comedy and background on our band and stuff. We want to try to do it really nice, you know, so we wanted a little bit of budget. We wanted, actually, we were trying to get 1%, 1% of 
one percent of the budget of ice cream man <laughs> to, 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 to that really do. puts it in perspective there it, it does i mean you know and we thought it was a little bit ambitious uh to try to do this but we want to do it we want to do it right we want to make a beautiful gorgeous looking thing that 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 is entertaining and also uh sounds great and everything so you know that requires people working on it so uh and on top of that like any money that we would raise towards this through a kickstarter would go towards people from around us the film crew the audio engineers the set designers things like that so it's kind of like in a way supporting local artists and uh and on top of that anyone that wanted to be in this thing with us can come be in it and be part of it i thought that you know, those those aspects of it made me not feel like, hey, please, please give us money. But you, you guys, you guys know, too, uh, with podcasts and stuff, I know you run a, a Patreon and things like that. It's people want to support if they like what you do, they, they want to support. And it's just you just have to be tasteful about the way you ask for the support, because you never know until you ask, until you put it out there. A lot of artists that I respect and like a lot uh have done things in, in the realm of crowdfunding. And that is kind of what made me uh, get, get rid of my uh, reservations about that. But basically we're trying to do a music special. Uh, we want to make it really nice. Uh, it's 20 years of us being a band this July. Uh, so we want to make this music special. We have some 20 year anniversary shows and then we have a new album coming out towards the end of summer and then hopefully a full U S tour after that. So uh, I feel like this special would be the, kickstart of uh a exciting year for our band uh so that's my my whole thing and, and we have about 24 days left to go we're at about 30 percent of the uh funds that we're trying to raise to do this so i'm i'm cautiously optimistic that we can make this happen so i want to i want to bring up two things so okay. first thing when we were doing our patreon account we were racking our brain for creative names for each tier I love that literally all of your tier names are just, I want to give you guys a dollar. I want to give you guys $5. I would like to give you guys $15. Um, But then I have one question about one particular tier. $39 bucket. We will send you a bucket. What do you get? A bucket. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) We we haven't sold any of the just straight up buckets, but... But we did at forty two dollars. There was autographed bucket. There were only there were only there were only three of these available. All three have been have been uh, uh, claimed. Taken. Yeah, they've been claimed. Nice. So, uh, you know, m- maybe we should have uh, added more autographed buckets. But uh, <laughs> I, I have this crazy idea: go buy more buckets and autograph them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I guess we could do that. Um, but. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it'd be really cool to have a budget to do something awesome. You know, I, that's and if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it's it's a little bit of a bummer. But, uh, you know, we're just putting it out there. This idea that we have that we wouldn't otherwise be able to do if if it wasn't for people wanting to have it made. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. And you it's know? a great band. Like the, I know that there's a lot of pop punk fans that listen to our show, which is awesome. And it's probably cause it's like the only type of music we really talk about on the show. We uh, talk about metal too. Occasionally, <laughs> but people get way more angry when we talk about metal. That, that crowd is You're way one more, friend. <laughs> that crowd's way more defensive than the pop punk crowd. Um, so if you guys haven't heard punchline, like fucking get on it because 
they're great. I highly recommend if you're looking for some good starting points, uh, 37 everywhere and just say yep. yes to me are like two great starting points. But the band has pretty much been flawless for 20 years. So uh, I have I have, I have some stories about my experiences with your band, Chris. Yeah. Um, also, uh, everybody in Ice Cream Man had nicknames, right? You had like Tuna and and uh, Racer. Short, Racer and short, small whatever. Small Paul. Small, small Paul. Um, so Matt gave you one before we started. You're cool, Chris. Uh, <laughs> oh, I like it. I like it. So actually in the group chat, he said, cool. Chris is online and we're just waiting for Adam. But he didn't put a comma after cool. So it looked like cool Chris is online. So now you're cool Chris. <laughs> I like it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So cool Chris. Um, I love your band, obviously. Uh, and um, I have two great stories and uh well i have one story about my wife and two stories that i have so my wife went and saw you guys play with uh starting line when they did their uh i mean quote unquote their farewell tour in uh i, I want to say it was pittsburgh they played um i want to i think that they played say it like you mean it in perpetu- or in, in entirety and i think that you were doing were you doing 37 everywhere in entirety too at the uh, time I, oh you know what i think we, i think we played our album action front to back oh I you remember played action yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, and and she was like, she had a great time because her her one of her best friends from growing up, Travis, is has probably been to like every single one of your shows within the tri-state area. So nice. uh, she went with him because she loves Starting Line, and she never heard of me. She's like, those guys were great. It's like, funny stories about those guys, and that's where these stories come in. So first story, uh, one of my best friends in college uh, grew up in Youngstown, uh, and his band lost a battle of the bands to punchline <laughs> in like fucking nice. 2000 and that was my first exposure to you but i never seen you guys i never got to see you guys live until i think it was 2004 you guys i i want to say that you guys were on tour with bayside yeah that's that's around the time we were told it would have been yeah. like i think it was august of 2004 um and i can't remember if you guys were at the show or not but it was at this shithole bar in Lakewood, Ohio, which is just part of Cleveland. And it was like me and five dudes just singing along to Bayside. And I stayed with the other bands, but I mean, I just, I, it's, it's so funny that like there's this undercurrent, this, this behind the scenes storyline of like you guys are like this band that is, has been such a consistent band. We played, we played every fucking, yeah, every shitty. The shittiest places imaginable, up to the nicest places imaginable <laughs> in in every city that, yeah. that you can imagine. Because we've been a band, just we've been a band for so long. And when we started, we went out with nothing but our van and like trading shows with other bands and, and that thing, and, and did that. And so we played every like back room of a record store or like vfw american legion and then like years later we got on good tours and then we'd play like the biggest club in the t- in the city like i don't know we've just gone played yeah every hole in the wall you could imagine and every i don't know it's very rare we haven't played somewhere yeah my my biggest memory of you guys is honestly um the first time i met you when you guys walked into a comedy club when i was in the middle of singing a song about yeah. slapping people with my penis that's that is when i think of you i think of that song uh, and, and i think about 
I think about singing along with people at that show. I love that show. You and Jonathan London yeah. and uh, a couple other comedians. I thought that was great, man. Yeah, then we got tacos the next day with Jonathan. Yeah, at Wah- Yahoo or Wahoo or whatever. Whatever it was, it, it was just a. It was like a play. It was like a taco place in L.A. that's just caked in pop punk band stickers all over the walls. Yeah, that's the place. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Wahoo was, or something like that. I cannot remember what it's called. I'm gonna have to ask Jonathan to take me there next time I'm in L.A. But uh, yeah, man. So. Uh, we ran a little long, so we probably won't do the what did we watch this week. But thank you again, Chris. Guys, go and hit up the Kickstarter. Check out Punchline if you haven't heard Punchline. Chris, thank you so much for joining us. And also, do whatever you can to avoid watching The Ice Cream Man from 1995, because it's not really a good time at all. <laughs> it was rough. It was rough.
Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 